Hello and welcome to another Perusia podcast. I'm Shabal Reis, your host, and uh, very excited uh, and privileged to have in Australia again uh, is Dr. Ralph Martin. He's a professor at the Sacred Heart Seminary in Detroit, and he also is uh, an author of numerous books, but the founding director of Renewal Ministries. And we're going to talk today a bit about, you know, I guess a couple of books, uh, The State of the Church at the Moment <laughs> and A Hope, A Pathway Forward, and also his book here, The Fulfillment of All Desire. He's on a speaking tour now in Australia. We're going to touch on a whole range of topics. So here we go. Uh, hello, Dr. Ralph. How are you? Hello, Charles. Good. I'm, I'm good by the grace of God. I'm over my jet lag. Yes. And, you know, I've <laughs> been to Tasmania. I've been to Sydney, getting ready to go to Perth. Praise God. Oh, it's good to have you back in Australia. This is not your first trip. Uh, no. Do you, how many, what number is this for you? I, I'm, I don't really know, but I think four or five, yeah. Wow, wow. Yeah. Do you remember your first trip at all? I mean, how far back are we going? Well, it was probably back in the 70s, really. Okay. When the Catholic Charismatic Renewal was sort of exploding yes. on the scene. And I think I was here for some conferences in different cities, Brisbane and other places yeah, like that. And then I was here later with Father Michael Scanlon, oh, wow. uh, president of the Franciscan University of Steubenville. We were doing fire rallies, you know, Catholic evangelization rallies. and. I was here just a couple of years ago with the Sisters of the Immaculata for their evangelization school where, where I saw you yeah, and right. in Toowoomba. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, I've been here wow. a number of times. Oh, yeah. fantastic. Um, how are things going with the Renewal Ministries? Uh, I know um, during COVID we saw lots of, uh, you're now talking on, on online and, and giving commentary. Uh, almost, is it every month or every week, whenever you sort of... Yeah, every, every week, either myself or Peter Herbeck, who works okay, with me, yes. do, do a new uh, video on our YouTube channel. And uh, we're really excited about it. You know, we, when COVID came, we couldn't travel anymore, so mm. we started doing them. And probably we're reaching more people through our YouTube channel than we ever have through our mm. TV or radio programs. You know, like I did a video about a month ago on where things are going in the church, and it's got like 200,000 views and that type of thing. So yes. we're reaching a lot of people. A lot of people here in Detroit, in, in uh, Australia, telling me they're watching it, so it's kind of yes. exciting. Yeah. yeah, praise God. It is, it is changing. We, we're definitely, um, during uh, COVID, we had all of our pilgrimages. We're familiar having you. You're very generous uh, with your time, and you're part of the Pentecost pilgrimage, the Rosary pilgrimage. Uh, it was great to have you involved. Oh, so yeah, our yeah. audience. Yeah, uh, yeah. You were, have, you, were, you were reaching out to people during yes. COVID. Yeah, it, it was, was um, good, yeah. Interesting time. Uh, live events stopped, but then digitally uh, we could reach more people, and, and yeah. now um, it's been amazing uh, to be able to reach so many souls now. Yeah, Just, yeah, it is great. Yeah. People really need encouragement right now. They need guidance. They yes. need to be reminded about the truth of the faith because Amen. there's so much coming against us in the culture. There's even confusion in the church. Yes, yeah. yes. And you've written a book. I mean, a, a church. You've written quite a few books, but the the, the two we have uh, we've uh, with Emmaus Road. Uh, you published uh, this one here, Church in Crisis. What I like is actually the tagline under is the pathway yeah, forward. Yeah. It's not to stop there, but it's also to continue. Yeah. Uh, what, yeah. Uh, this is not the first time you've uh, commented on the state of the church, because right. back in the 70s, you, you did uh, talk about that. What, yeah, actually in 1980, uh, I just came back from living four years in Belgium, working with Cardinal Sunins, and I was really concerned about some of the really crazy things that were starting to be said and written and people getting confused about sexual morality, confused about whether evangelization is still important. <laughs> so I began to do a series of talks called A Crisis of Truth, yes. The Attack on Faith, Morality, and Mission in the Catholic Church. And I put it together in a book by the same title. It just really took off. And I was just trying to identify the deceptions that were coming right into the church that were really leading people away from the true faith. 
And then, of course, with uh, John Paul II and Pope Benedict XVI, it seemed like all those things had gotten settled. You know, they were they were yeah. they had gotten taken care of. You know, and and then in the last ten years, it seems like they're back. Wow. Yeah, wow. I mean, like it's kind of crazy that some of the same deceptions, some of the same confusions, some of the same ambiguity is is back again. So. I felt like I needed to uh, address yes. what's happening today and how, how it's happening in that book. Yeah. It's not a small book. I mean, over 500 pages right here. Don't scare uh, people. Yeah. It's exciting. People, <laughs> said it's, it, people said it reads like a novel. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said they couldn't put it down except to eat or sleep. You know, okay. like it's, it's it really, you know. Well, you're going, you're going to a place where not many people are willing to go or it, it, it's hard for us as Catholics, you know, sometimes there is confusion and we have to be honest that there is confusion, there is division within our own church, the yeah. church we all love, yeah. the church that Christ wanted, he wanted us to be one, wanted yeah. us to be united, yeah. and we have a heart for it. And, and you know, there are sometimes the people, all sorts of views out there, some are very divisive uh, yeah. and very extreme, right. theologically, right. whatever you want to go, left, right. Yeah. <laughs> but you, it's interesting because you're bold, you, you speak the truth, you, you point these issues out, but there is, a, there is hope in all this. Yeah, well, and the I only reason for pointing out the confusions and the deceptions is so people can hold on to the truth and experience yeah. the joy of following Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the goal is not to be on the left or the right of either extreme, but right in the center of, yeah. of the faith and not a lukewarm center, you know, no. not a neutral center, but the center of discipleship. Jesus is the Lord. He speaks to us in scripture, the, the tradition of the church, the catechism of the Catholic Church. And, so if we people just keep focusing on Jesus and what we really know has been revealed to us by God, that's that's the path forward, yeah. you know? But Amen. a lot of people in the church wanna, well, you know, it's sort of like with Vatican II, people say it, all the evils we're experienced came from Vatican II. Other people are saying, Vatican II didn't go far enough, so we gotta really yes. go, go forward, you know? But we gotta kinda just stick with what the Lord's given us. And, you know, Vatican II, universal call to holiness, universal call to evangelization. If we just did that, wow, we'd have a really healthy, dynamic church. That's right. That's right. You, and you're someone that can speak uh, with, with some experience. You lived before Vatican II. Mm -hmm. You lived yeah. through it. You saw the changes after, and you, start, you were publicly commenting about some of the, uh, mm -hmm. I guess, the ambiguity back then or the changes. Yeah. What was it like? What was the church like? I mean, in the 70s, Soon after Vatican II. Well, it got crazy. The whole purpose of Vatican II was to bring about a renewal and holiness and give new energy to evangelization, mm. to reset our relationship with the modern world. I remember one, one theologian wrote, boy, when people see how beautiful the documents of Vatican II are, they're going to be beating down the doors to come into the church. That didn't didn't happen. Ha it didn't happen. In fact, just the opposite happened. Tens of thousands of priests and nuns began to leave religious life in the priesthood. Uh, missionary orders of the church began to say, well, people can be saved without hearing the gospel, so let's just focus mm. on social development. You know, other theologians began to say, well, you know, there really aren't things that are always and everywhere evil. Sometimes the circumstances are such that maybe adultery really wouldn't be adultery if people really love each other, yes. that kind of stuff. So, so bad stuff was, was happening, you know, and... Uh, you know. Would you say, why was that the case if the documents themselves are yeah. quite solid? Yeah. They're quite beautiful. Yeah. Why, why the disconnect? What, what was going on? You know, what happened is that some of the leading theologians that contributed to the council began to do lecture tours around the world, like Carl Rahner and Hans Kung, and they began to say things like, Vatican II is a good start, but it didn't go far enough. Mm -hmm. So it got people focused on, well, what else can change? And then, of course, the changes in the liturgy were very 
both exciting for some people and disturbing for other people. Yes. And so people felt like, gee, if we could change the language of the liturgy and change the, the format of the Eucharist, you know, maybe we can change all the other things as well. And so they weren't able to distinguish between doctrine and pastoral practice, you know, and that, that really caused a big problem. Wow. But also the spirit of the age just really broke out. In 1968, the student revolutions and, you know, all the, the you know, make love, not war, and just yes. all the celebration of rebellion. So just when Vatican II was kind of opening up to, to the world, the world kind of started going crazy, you know? And so, and there wasn't enough discernment, there wasn't enough certainty of the faith to uh, deal with that, you yeah, know, on the part yeah. of many bishops and priests. Wow. Um, you did, when did you start renewal ministry? So that was back 1980. Yeah, 1980, yeah. When, okay. when I came back from Belgium, we were living there for four years, and that's when I started addressing these issues, and then, Mother Angelica heard one of my talks on it, and she invited me to come down to Alabama and do some TV programs with her. And then she said, could you do a regular weekly TV program for uh, you know, EWTN? And so we've been doing, this is our 40th year now. We just finished mm -hmm. taping 26 new programs for next year. Praise God. So it's, it's been amazing, yeah. Yes. You know, just, uh, is the program called Renewal Ministries? What's, what's the weekly show? It's called, called The Choices We Face. Choices We Face, okay. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's available, you know. You know, on AWTN, and and then you know, then we started doing a couple of daily radio programs with Sister Ann Shields and Peter Herbeck, and then we started doing mission work all over the world. And you know, I just got on my computer today a report from Papua New Guinea and a report from Zambia, which I haven't had a chance to look at yet. And so it's just a lot of opportunities to strengthen the church, yes. to preach the gospel, to encourage people to become missionary disciples, like Pope Francis is asking us to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Now, I mean, you, so you've, some, you've seen, if, if, can I do a little quick exercise here, 70s, 80s, 90s, uh, the thousands and now the tens. Um, if you look at it decade by decade by decade, have you seen and going around in your experience now that you've, I mean, you've traveled the world and seeing this, could you sort of see, a, is, there a, is there a trend? Could you look at each decade? Uh, how has the state of the church been across this time? Well, I've never tried to do a decade-by-decade decade analysis, but I would say under Pope John, the 20, uh, John, John Paul II, under Pope Benedict, there was a sort of sense of stability, like mm. we really knew what the faith was. Uh, people who were kind of currently now out in the open undermining the faith didn't feel yeah. like it was safe for them to come out from hiding. But now they feel like it's safe to come out from hiding. Some people were like hiding underground. They were just kind of enduring the papacies of John Paul II and Pope Benedict. And now they feel like uh, they can come out in the open and say what, what they What sort of characters are we talking about? Professors, uh, bishops, or what are we talking yeah, about? Yeah, bishops, priests, professors, theologians. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty clear like right now, you know, we're, we're getting ready for the synod, you know, in Rome. and. The person who's leading the synod, appointed by Pope Francis, Cardinal Hollerich from Luxembourg, has said several times in interviews that he thinks that the church's teaching on homosexuality is not sound. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty serious. And wow. then Cardinal wow. Grech, who's in charge of the whole office of the synod, similar, Cardinal Marx in Germany. Uh, and then, you know, the, the people that the Pope is appointing as cardinals is very confusing, like Cardinal McElroy in San Diego was appointed as a cardinal bypassing the Archbishop of Los Angeles and the Archbishop of San Francisco that are very solid leaders. Mm. And Cardinal McElroy 
wrote an article in a Jesuit publication saying we need to dismantle all the structures of exclusion in the church and everybody should be welcome at the Eucharist, particularly LGBTQ people. And he didn't say whether they repent or believe or not, you know, which wow. is, and then of course other American bishops said, wait, that's, that's heresy, that's, 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 that's not right. So I never thought I'd see the open conflict between bishops and cardinals that I'm seeing, but I never thought I'd see people being appointed to such important positions who are on record for not believing what the Catholic mm, Church teaches. So mm. I think we're in a very serious time right now. We'll have to see what the Lord and Pope Francis end yes. up doing. That's right, we gotta pray. It is, it is something that many Catholics get confused about how to address because there's some that wanna, some are very vocal and, and you know, and anti, uh, maybe not know how to address it. So mm -hmm. how do we speak against the Pope? You know, some are, there's a, there's a, you know, the idea of blind obedience and just, just, just belief. And, Others have a position yeah. of just don't even think about it. what do you yeah. suggest for the lay person? Yeah. What do we do as lay people um, we, we in need, this situation? We need to respect the Pope and the yeah. office of the Pope. We need to speak respectfully about him. But we also not need we also don't need to pretend that good stuff is happening. Mm, mm. You know, it's it's this is very, very public. This isn't a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah. These are people being appointed to positions who are in favor of changing the church's teaching, particularly in the area of homosexuality, but it involves other things as well. So I don't know what the Pope's motivation is in, in appointing these people. I'm not questioning that he's trying to do good for the church, but people are more and more you know, concerned about it. Yeah. Now, some people go to the extreme saying, well, he's probably not the true Pope, and he's an anti-Pope or something like that. That's crazy. He's the yeah. authentic Pope. We owe him respect as Pope. You know, other people are saying, well, he probably doesn't know who he's appointed or, you know, he has bad advisors or something like that. But that's, I think that's ridiculous, too. Yeah. And I think, of course, he knows what he's doing, but let's see what he does. You know, yeah. how it's, it's going to, you know, he, he, he encouraged us all not to be afraid to make a mess. Maybe he's putting that into practice himself and he's got a good plan to resolve the mess at some point in the future. We keep praying, don't we? Yes, yes. <laughs> you address, uh, and just, I mean, you touch on, on um I guess the LGBT movement. Mm, um, yeah. What other issues are we talking about for confusion in our church? Just, a, just a, a, you address in the yeah, book. Yeah. What are some other areas that we? Well, I would say that a lot of people today presume that God is so merciful that everybody will be saved, and therefore mm. we don't really have to bother with evangelization because what we really need to be focused about now is just helping people's life go better in this world. But we're in a church right now, and out, out there there's a banner in front of the church that says, "What does a profit a person?" if he gains the whole world and suffers the loss of his soul. It's great to help people's temporal needs on this mm -hmm. earth, but the most important thing is help them to be reconciled with God so they yes. end up in heaven rather than yes. hell. Because there really is a heaven, there really is a hell, and it's just a huge silence about that today. People don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But it really is true, Christianity is not a game. Everybody doesn't get a trophy in the end. Yes. You know, there's something really at stake here, and it's really urgent that we preach the gospel. It's really urgent that we tell people about Jesus and invite them to repent and turn away from their sins and be reconciled to God in the church. Yeah. So yeah. that's another huge deception. Yeah, well, it's so true. We're afraid of uh, talking about uh, uh, Judgment Day. Is there a heaven yeah. or hell? Are we going, you know, the idea yeah. we, we sin, um, the yeah. idea of original sin, these yeah, things are not right. being talked about, are they? Yeah, and if something isn't spoken about for many years, people tend to believe it's not important and mm. we don't believe it anymore. So there's been a, a huge negligence on the part of you know many people who have kept silent on things they shouldn't have kept silent on. It's a major reason why I guess uh, Perusia exists and others. We're trying to, how do we, we raise awareness about the teachings of the church? Because they're beautiful and, mm -hmm. and, and everyone yeah. is searching for it. 
and what you're doing at Renewal Ministries and this explosion of great lay apostolates mm -hmm. that have mm -hmm. happened in the church, mm -hmm. teaching the faith, evangelizing, faithful mm -hmm. nation. Um, yeah. do, there's a real response from the grassroots of you. Are you seeing um, in your time uh, the impact of that, the fruits of that? Uh, what sort of, yeah. Yeah, I guess, Well, I would, I would say that, unfortunately, the church is being reduced to a remnant. Mm. You know, uh, Father Ratzinger, years before he became Cardinal Ratzinger and Pope Benedict wrote at the end of the uh, 60s, beginning of the 70s, he said, most people don't realize it yet, but the church is going to lose a lot of its influence. It's going to lose its position in society. It's going to lose its buildings. It's going to lose its money. It's going to lose its people. But out of that, God's going to bring a purified remnant mm. out of which a real renewal can come. So, that, boy, that's painful to think about that. It's painful, to, it, but it's happening. It, we say it, 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 it's, it's happening. Like, you know, the Archdiocese of Sydney used to have a huge seminary overlooking, you know, the, the, the sea holding right. 160 seminarians. Now they're, they're down to like maybe 40 seminarians, yes. you know, that type yes. of thing. And, and they're not just from Sydney. And this from is the best it's been in a while. Yeah. This is like, we're celebrating the fact that it's a right. good number. It, yeah. But <laughs> so it was even worse <laughs> 20 yeah, years ago. and that's from about seven or eight different dioceses. Yes, of religious that's right. Order. So it's sort of like, uh, I mean, like, kind of open your eyes. Yeah. You know, we're, we're seeing a tremendous, a tremendous turning away from faith. And it makes me think about, you know, what John Paul II said just before he got elected Pope. He said, we're now facing the final confrontation wow. between the gospel and the anti-gospel, between the church and the anti-church between Christ and the Antichrist. And this is a test that we need to face with bravely and courage and that God's permitting it. He's got a plan to bring good out of it, but this is very serious. Yes. Wow. So, lay people then. Yes, what lay do we people. Do? Well, it's really interesting. Twice in the last couple of days, people have told me that all the heresies in the church have come from bishops and priests and that what's really saved the church time after time is lay people not going along with it like in the Arian heresy in the fourth century, at one point, almost all the bishops in the East and the West had signed on to the heresy that says Jesus is not really God, which is really shocking. Wow. And it says the lay people resisted it. They, they knew that that wasn't the truth. They knew that Jesus really was the Lord. And, and that resistance eventually you know, won the day type of thing. So lay people have to take responsibility now for themselves that know, knowing the faith. And that's yes. what, why you're doing what you're yeah. doing is so important. We need to know now ourselves what the truth is. So when people tell us something that's a lie or a deception yes. or a half truth, we need to say, you know, that's not true. That's, that's right. not what the church teaches. That's not what the Bible says, you know. And so we need to take more personal responsibility for knowing the faith so we can spot deception when it comes yes. to us. Type of Very thing. good. That's a, so that's what we're trying to do. This book uh, covers a lot of those issues. and. We're pleased to know that this is available in Australia for those. I was, I was delighted to find yeah. that I didn't know that. Tell people about it; they should definitely so read it. Right now, since uh, the, the release of this, we, we've signed a, an arrangement with Emmaus Road, and uh, your your two books. I'm going to both of these are available. They're printed in Australia now, yeah. and uh, we've got it in a paperback. Wonderful. And uh, it's on our website, perusiamedia.com. So people who watch this, it'll okay. be on our yeah. links below. In the well, I'm really happy to hear it's available. So in Australia. Praise God! Yeah. I'm glad when I heard you were coming. Um, yeah, I said we have to meet, I have to talk to you and maybe get myself a signed copy. <laughs> sure. And, um, but very pleased to have this. And, and I encourage people to read more because you do give us hope and, and strategies uh, of mm -hmm. way forward. And not just to sort of say oh, it's a lost case because that can lead to a set of a cancer. People who sort of just sort of say, oh, look, I don't like 
what's going on in the church, the whole church can go to hell. And, and that's not the... Terrible. The, no, that's awful. That's the devil. People are giving in to another deception yes. when they go to duration. We need to remember that none of this is happening apart from the providence of God. Hmm. That Jesus is allowing this. He's got a plan for it. We've got to remember that Jesus is the Lord. We've got to keep our eyes on the Lord. We need to not keep our eyes so much on the problems that we become paralyzed or discouraged. We need to yes. remember that right now, Jesus is willing to help us in our life. He's willing to help us in our families. Yes. He's willing yes. to help us in our jobs. He's willing to help us turn away from sin. Jesus is real and alive right now. And Amen. that's tremendous. I mean, that's a great reason for hope and yes. rejoicing. Yeah, and beautiful. we know the victory's already been won. We know that all this is going to be put down at a certain point. We know all this is going to be judged at a certain point and that those who are in Christ Jesus have nothing to fear, but those who aren't in Christ Jesus, really, it's time to repent. Wow, there's the message, isn't it? Uh, yeah. That's the opening words that Christ says in the gospel, isn't it? His first yeah. public words, repent yeah. for the kingdom of heaven is hand. Yeah. Yeah. Something we always forget about, but it's, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. Um, but it's not, a, it's not a negative thing, it's a positive thing. It's that we, we can be forgiven. <laughs> That's yeah, so beautiful. absolutely. Uh, it's, it's God's mercy yes. calling us to repentance because sin leads to death. It leads to misery in this life and it leads to eternal death. And I remember a book that a, a nun wrote called Repentance, the Joy-Filled Life. You know, repentance <laughs> isn't a negative thing. And the Acts of the Apostles, when Peter talks about Cornelius and his household turning to the Lord, it says they turned, they had life-giving repentance. Yes. You know, life-giving repentance. Repentance is a beautiful thing. It's the mercy of God having us turn away from what isn't going to bring us to yes. happiness to yes. what is going to bring us to happiness. Amen. Amen. Can I ask you uh, just a personal opinion about uh, where things are going? I, I'm seeing the young, because it feels like there is a revival. The church is getting smaller. Yeah. The world is definitely, I mean, crumbling as far as the Christian message is concerned. But internally, there are little shoots of springtime. Oh, yeah, it's just beautiful. It's wonderful. I see two areas in the church that there seems to be fruit. It's yeah. pretty clear where the fruit is yeah. among young people. And you, you look at World Youth Day, you look at um, across the different dioceses, you look at the seminaries, you look at the types of men God's calling them, women that, that are called, they have it. So we've got, you know, since Vatican II, we know that there was lots of um, religious orders where nuns you know, changed their habits. Mm -hmm. We're seeing a revival at the moment where yeah. nuns are now putting on the habit again. Yeah. And we're seeing the, the fruit of that. Yeah. A, a long time priests were not wearing collars, not being wanted to call father. Yeah. These young ones are putting this collar back on yeah. and embracing who they are. Yeah. There's a rise both in the charismatic renewal, the fruits of what's going on there. It can't be denied. Mm -hmm. But there's also a rise in the traditional movement. Yeah. And that can't be denied yeah. and for the, the love for the Latin mass, yeah. the love for the traditions of the church. Yeah. What is going on? I mean, there's this yeah. renewal. Yeah. Some like to put it in a box and, and, and probably say, no, it should be this way or that way. We have to sort of stop, look back, what is God doing? Because it's right. not Right. this true faith was ever true devotion, was ever true love for the Lord and the church. God's doing something. I was just in Tasmania with Archbishop Porteos mm. in Hobart. And he was telling me he's starting to do in public uh, Eucharistic processions for Corpus Christi. Yes. He says the only two groups that really joined him and supported him were the Latin liturgy people and the charismatics. <laughs> just like he said, just, it's just there's real faith there. Yeah. There's Have you noticed that? I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying things. Are you no, seeing no, this? No, no, that, that is true in many places in the world. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Just, um, can I just change gears a little bit? Because I, hey, I, you're, I, you're in charge, Charbo. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Um, I've, I've got to familiar with your word, not just EWTM, but also in St. Joseph Communications or the CD sets. And you would talk about the, the mystics and the lives of the saints. Yeah. And 
just beautiful. Uh, we also have those available on Perusia Media. We've still got them. Oh, yeah. Those oh, are yeah. still have CD players. We also ended up realizing because of the problem of the technology changing, we've converted a lot of those into a USB port. Yeah. People can play in the car or yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that's available now. But um, the, another book uh, that you published, and this is, this is this one here, The Fulfillment of All Desire. Yeah. Um, and not, another good sized book. Is this Don't scare book? people. Know, it's great. <laughs> yeah, read it a couple of pages at a time in your prayer time. A spiritual reading, it's, you'll find it very interesting. You'll want to linger over it. Yeah. <laughs> but the wisdom of the saints. Yeah. You, so is this almost like a summary of all the work you've done over the years yeah. within, a, within a, yeah. a volume? Yeah, I was studying each of the great doctors of the church one at a time, and then I would do an a, a audio series on them. But as I was doing that, I noticed that, you know what? I grew up hearing about all these different schools of spirituality and feeling like they're all kind of separate. But as I really got into each one of them, I said, you know, they're all talking about the same thing. Mm -hmm. They're all talking about the healing of the human soul, the purifying of the human soul by the Holy Spirit. And I said, you know, if you could ever put together in an orderly, clear way, each of their wisdoms, you'd have the most comprehensive picture of the journey to God. Yeah, so that's what, that's what I felt like the Lord asked me to do. Wow. And that's what it's, yeah. Can we whet people's appetite here just a little bit? Um, what is, I mean, some of the themes, uh, and, and look, at, you've got it in different parts. Part one, transform, transformation begins, the purgative way. What's that about? That, that section? Well, when you, when you first turn to the Lord, oh, there's a lot of junk in your life that, mm. that has to kind of get cleaned up, you know, and it, it takes a while sometimes to begin to bring your life into a kind of harmony with the Ten Commandments and with the, with the teachings of the church. And so the purgative way is where God begins to purify us by helping us turn away from serious sin and turn away from less serious sin. And uh, the saints talk about different things that happen while that's going on, how sometimes people get discouraged and turn away, or sometimes people get too zealous and take on too much and then mm -hmm. get discouraged. And so it's just some really good wisdom about how to kind of you know, kind of navigate your way through the early stages of growth in Christ. You yeah. Know? Oh, very good. And that you do have a second part here, reaching stability, but moving on the illuminative way. What's yes. That about? Well, these are traditional, traditional kind of divisions of the spiritual life. You know, the purgative, you might just say, is the beginning of the spiritual life and initial purification. And, you know, sometimes people use pretty complicated terms, but the illuminative would just be the middle, the middle of the journey, you know, okay. where, you know, you've got basically sin under, under, you know, under control, so to speak, and now you're growing in virtue, you're growing in prayer, you're growing in love for people, you're growing in beginning to embrace a mission that the Lord's given you type of thing. Yes. And, you know, so you're kind of moving yes. along in that way, you're beginning to experience different gifts of the Lord and things uh, like that. Ultimately, you know? then the unity of way, transforming yeah. union. Yeah, well, that, at a certain point, we can get to the point of having such a stable, solid, deep relationship with the Lord that the, uh, the turbulence of purification is over and what we're seeing is great fruitfulness in our life. You know, like uh, what the saints say is, the best thing you can do for anybody you care about is be more one with Him. Yeah. The more we're one with the Lord, the more we're attentive to the voice of the Holy Spirit, the more we're able to respond to His inspirations, the more we're able to have wisdom, insight, and knowledge when we're talking to people, the more we're able to have wisdom in terms of what we should do and what we shouldn't do, when we should be quiet, when we should speak. Yes. Uh, the more we're one with the Lord and His mind and heart, the more we're going to be fruitful in our life in every kind of way. This is the ultimate goal, isn't it? This is it. This is the point. Yeah. Union no, with God. Great. Yeah, it's great. It's great wisdom. I mean, it really is. It's not my wisdom. Wow. But it's the wisdom of the best wisdom the Catholic Church has about growing in union with the Lord.
So you were uh, the so you, you mentioned. So were you uh, when you started out the journey in studying uh, the lives of the saints and their word and their words of wisdom? You said there was a consistent theme across that, and that that would pretty much be it. That yeah. Well, each about. one each one has unique insights, but they're all talking about the process of mm. bringing our soul into deeper union with the Lord, bringing our mind and heart greater purity of heart and that, all that kind of thing. But some of them have particular insights about how this works out with finances, with reputation, with health. Some of them have particular insights about how this works out in relationships with each other. Some of them have particular insights about prayer, that type of thing. So if you kind of get their insights together, they're yes. all going towards the same goal, but you really have the best stuff available on, on growing wow. in the spiritual life. Is this really, and this is why I wanted to sort of end uh, this, this, this podcast with this sort of theme as a, uh, this is the goal of every Christian life is, is yeah, yeah, with all the absolutely. politics, yeah. with all of the messiness, yeah. with all of the chaos, confusion yeah. and understandable. Yeah. Um, w we can't do what we can do with enough, but this yeah. is ultimately yeah. where we need to focus. Our main responsibility is to be more and more one with the Lord. Yeah. And yeah. the more and more we're one with the Lord, the more and more we won't be tossed about by all the things that are happening. Yes. The more we'll have a clear head and a peaceful heart, and more we'll be able to actually love and serve other people. Praise God. Um, I have to, before we close, I just want to ask yourself, like, uh, what does, a, what does uh, the daily uh, prayer life look like for Ralph Martin? Okay. Well, um, I begin to pray... Well, first of all, I have to say that the, the second most important decision in my life was taking some time each day for personal prayer. Personal prayer. I feel like unless we pay attention to God and His Word, it's very, very hard to grow. You know, so if people aren't taking some time each day for personal prayer, yes. they need to start doing that. How I do it is, you know, maybe five or six years ago, I was at Fatima and. I picked up a little book called the Fatima and Lucia's Own Words, mm. and I just was really moved by it. And I was really moved by what she said about Jacinta and Francisco, and really moved by what she said about the angel appearing to them the year before Mary started appearing yes. to them. An angel appeared to them while they were taking care of the sheep and said, pray like this. <laughs> and so the angel kind of bowed down on the ground with his forehead towards the ground and said, "I." believe in you, I adore you, I hope in you, and I love you, and I ask your pardon for those who don't believe in you and don't adore you and don't mm -hmm. hope in you and don't love you. And he did it three times, and he said, pray like this. So that's how I begin my prayer time now. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I, I come into the room where I pray, and I, I just bow down on the, on the ground, and I, I say that prayer three times. And, and then I'll just get up and sit in a comfortable chair with a cup of coffee and yeah. uh, just try to be quiet and be with the Lord and aware of his presence. I, I have an icon of Jesus in this room. I, this is where I do the YouTube videos too, so people who see yes. the videos can see the icon of Jesus okay. behind me. So I'll just look at the icon of Jesus and I'll just remember how real and personal he is and yes. I'll just feel like he's, he actually is looking at me, you know, and he, he, he kind of keep inviting me to kind of keep in relationship with him and keep growing in friendship with him. And, uh, and then I'll, uh, after a while, as I start to get a little distracted, I'll pick up this little kind of help for daily prayer called Magnificat. It's a little ah, yes. monthly publication that has a little morning prayer for each day and then the readings of Mass and a little meditation on life of a saint. And I'll just look at the readings of the Mass and I'll, oftentimes I'll just be amazed at I'll notice something I never noticed before mm, or mm. something will just kind of connect with me and I'll just try to like not rush on from there but just stay with it and 
just try to say, yeah, Lord, I want to look at things like you look at it. Yes, I want this to happen in my life. Just sort of interacting with the Word of God in a prayerful way. And then after a while, just put that down again and go back to just being quiet and looking at the icon yes. and being with Jesus and then, you know, just going on with my day. Do you then um, listening to the Lord? Like, do you hear his voice? What's that I, like? I don't hear any audible voices, but a lot of times I feel like I'm getting an insight mm. that comes from the Lord or he's giving me an idea or he wants me to do something about or he, he, you know, particularly like when, you know, I do have to speak and do videos and things. So I, a lot of times he'll give me a little seed of what he wants me to do with that type of thing. So I don't hear voices. I'm not primarily there to hear things, although I'm sensitive when it does seem like he's giving me something. I'm there really trying to meditate on God's word. Like the way God's speaking to us primarily is in sacred scripture, it really yes. is. So we, we, we can devote the rest of our life to trying to receive sacred scripture and believe yes. it and apply it to our life. That's the main way he speaks to us. Yeah, praise God. Um, if people want to, thank you very much for that. It's, um, mm. We're praying for you. Please pray for us at Perusia and yeah, uh, that's what a great, we're trying great, to do. Great ministry. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm praying that Renewal Ministries continues in its outreach and goes strength to strength. If people want to know more about that, where can they go? Uh, RenewalMinistries.net. .net. Yeah, okay, or just easy. Google Renewal Ministries YouTube channel or whatever, you know. And most of your stuff from there, people can yeah, just yeah. see. The, the, the TV, the radio, missions, it's all, great. It's all there. Great, great. Yeah. All right, so we'll put the link in the description. Okay, great. Make sure people can go there. And uh, and and you're going off to Perth? Uh, Tomorrow. After this, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. What's the plan there? Well, I'm going to be speaking to some communities there, Disciples of Jesus, I've been invited to speak to all the priests in the Archdiocese of Perth. Great. And then there's a whole big public conference, you know, at okay, the end of excellent. the week. Yeah. I'm wishing you well for that. Can I give you the final word here, uh, Ralph, as we close? Uh, just, um, again, I, I see you as almost like a spiritual godfather in, in the church over the last 40 years. This Your voice has been mm -hmm. pretty prophetic. Um, and you've written that, and you're not afraid to as the Godfather does, as a, as a, you know, uh, point out and being honest with ourselves, we are not in shape. We can't bury our heads in the sand and yeah. say everything's okay. It's not okay. Yeah, right. Let's be honest about yeah. that. But also not to stay there. Right. There is hope and move forward. Yeah. What's your sort of a, a final message here, if we can, yeah. uh, for all the viewers and listeners? Yeah. Well, I would say, uh, yes, know what's going on in the world. And know the hostility to Christ in the church that's coming against the church know the problems the church has right now, but most of all know Jesus. Mm -hmm. Most of all get up every day and say, Lord, what can I do today to love people? What can I do today to do your will in my life? You know, And do it with joy because Jesus is the Lord. Beautiful, thank you so much. Thank you everyone. I uh, hope you got a lot out of that uh, today as I did. Uh, if you wanna get his books, uh, both The Fulfillment of All Desire and A, a Church in Crisis, they're available now at perusiamedia.com. Uh, and so go check them out, as well as all the audios as well on there. And, and visit renewalministries.net as well. Thanks again. Please pray for this podcast. Make sure you subscribe, like the bell, and spread this among your family and friends. And, and thanks, everyone, for another one. That's another Perusia podcast. I'm Shalva Raish. Until next time, God bless.